Some of the items that I would write in the National Enquirer would get picked up by other radio stations. One day I'm driving in my car and I hear Rick Dees reading this story out of the paper. And I'm thinking, that's not what I wrote. I already embellished from three fire trucks to six. He's now at 26 <laughs> fire trucks. Welcome to Unapologetically Fab, where we take you on a journey of discovery as we collectively explore how to stay fab and live this life by our own design without apologies. I'm Stephanie Buckland. And I'm Eden Albert. Thank you for joining our show today our episode of Unapologetically Fab, where we're going to talk about discovery and discovery as a process, entering a sacred space of an uncomfortable struggle between identity and our unconscious souls. <laughs> that sounds really deep right yeah, now, right? Like we just deep. got too deep for <laughs> too this deep. show. What's up? What's up, E-Dog? It's been a rough week. <laughs> a lot of shots. <laughs> we're both on a cleanse this week for the next, I'm on it for 10 days. I'm on it for only five. But, oh. You know, it was a rough birthday week. It was a lot of parties, a lot of work at Vibrato, a lot of not sleeping. I don't sleep well. So that's probably my worst Why? thing. I have like insomnia and then I get addicted to something on TV and then Brian yells at me. Oh, really? <laughs> I'm like a nine, 10 hour. I need to sleep. I'm a, I'm a sleeper. Not me. I don't nap though. I go to bed at like nine. Oh, I don't. That's just <laughs> well, not even this- in my makeup. I think I was up till two in the morning. You live this life. So today, I guess we're going to talk about discovery. What about, what's our discovery today? What's our discovery? Well, what, what do you of, mean? What's our discovery? Well, our discovery is we're unapologetically fab and that's what it's always about. And how do we discover that unapologetically fab? Well, what made you unapologetic this week? Knowing that we were going to shoot this, being super secure with myself like that we were actually going to accomplish and and if this was going to be a successful shooting and if this was going to be what we anticipated it to be. So, you know, you had to be in that mindset of we are fab and, and move with that. So I think for me this week, I had to be really sure of myself. Mm. <laughs> My discovery was, can I do this? Can we do this? Uh, oh, oh, yeah. I remember you were telling me you were scared and I wasn't. I don't know why I don't get scared. And I, I don't think I was feeling totally unapologetic. I think I was feeling a little guilty this week for doing too much and making myself really tired. But then I always come back to, you know what, I am pretty fab. And we are doing this and I'm not worried about it. Like I talked to you about in another episode that I stay in the moment. I can't beat myself up for stuff. And uh, we're here and we're doing it and it's happening it's and we happening. have fabulous guests here today. <laughs> yes, it's happening. Actually, let's bring our guest in today. One of the most distinctive voices in radio serves up more mm-hmm. Hollywood dish than Wolfgang Puck. Woo, woo, woo. <laughs> Lisa Stanley we have with us today. Yay. I'm going to serve the dish. All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, serve us some dishes. Hi, host guys. Of, hi. hi. Host of KRX 101. Hi. Nice to have you here today. Thank you for having me because I fit right in with the uh, unapologetic and fab. Yes, that's exactly 100%. what. 100%. That's exactly what we want to discover. Actually, more so me to discover because you two are friends. So For this, a long time. How long have you guys been friends? 120 years. Oh, my <laughs> God. Fucking God. <laughs> Because we're all like 25. You forgot to mention her distinctive laugh. She has a laugh. You have a laugh. I got the two best laughs right in front of me. 
I met you just the other night, actually. You did? And we were all drinking and having... We were. <laughs> the best time. I know, I'm on this... On a Tuesday night. <laughs> turned up. Before I have to get up at 3 she o'clock in the morning. She was saying she was surprised that... I lasted till 9.30. I was yes. surprised. I oh, yeah, because you went... Oh, that's where yes. you went. You had to be up at 3.30 to be on air. I wish 3.30. Three. Oh, three. I get up at three every day. And then walk me through three o'clock. So I get up at three. I go right to the coffee pot, go right to the refrigerator to get my gold circles to put under my eyes. (laughs) And I sit in my bed for an hour doing show prep, looking at all the news, looking at all the websites I like to look at, page six, you know, different websites. I go to Fox, I go to People, TMZ, and trying to just create the vibe of the entertainment beat that I specialize in on our show. Okay, so let me yeah. get right into a, a, a question of maybe tell us a brief story of your discovery of how you decided you're discovering into disc jockeying or on a radio station. Well, that's an interesting mm-hmm. story. So I started my career journalism. That's okay. why I started. I started writing for this tiny little tabloid called the National Enquirer. Mm. I know. Little. I know. <laughs> That's why so, you're so fab. Oh, <laughs> is that where we serve I, uh, up more dish than Wolfgang? Is uh, well, like I do that everywhere. I do that in life. Uh, but I started my career doing that. And along the lines of doing that, a TV show uh, got created called Hard Copy. And another little Another show. little <laughs> tiny show that I was part of for nine years. I did their entertainment reports for them. So I I started doing those two things. And then some of the items that I would write in the National Enquirer would get picked up by other radio stations. And one of them got picked up by a little DJ named Rick Dees. Oh, man. Another, Another little blip. Anyway, one day I'm driving in my car and I hear Rick Dees reading this story out of the paper. And I'm thinking, that's not what I wrote. I already embellished from three fire trucks to six. He's now at 26 (laughs) fire trucks. So I made a bold move and I called his office and his producer, who to this day is one of my best friends, Jack Silver. And I said, hey, he read a story of mine, only he didn't read it correctly. And I was I was very upset about that, that I had already embellished a story and now someone else was making it more embellished. So he said, well, if you don't like it, why don't you come in and do the stories yourself? Oh. And entree vu, there I, there I started. Don't tempt me with a good time. Let me say something. <laughs> Is that what, when you discovered how unapologetically fab you were? I think so. I might have ah. discovered it that. I spent about 10 years with Rick Dees and Ellen Kay. In the day. And uh, then Kayers came along and stole me away, where I've been for 22 years. 22 years. Yeah, and I don't apologize for anything I say there. That's amazing. So how do you feel about being unapologetically fab then? I didn't know there was a feeling to go with it, to be honest with you. It's just who I am. I'm authentic. I live an authentic life. Perfect. That's That's a lot about what we talk about is... is being authentic and, you know, being able to be you without saying, I'm sorry, you're so unapologetic. Well, let me just tell you something. When you get to my age, 20, um, (laughs) I I will say this. You don't give a shit what you say. Well, see, with the discovery, sorry to interject, but with the discovery, you knew, you knew. And I feel like 
I didn't necessarily know even unapologetically fab. I didn't think that I didn't, you know, I'm just who I am. But when I did this competition, fab over 40, right? I had to promote myself and had to be fabulous. You have to question, do you feel that? So I necessarily wasn't just that. I actually had to ask myself these questions, you know? So being around all these strong, powerful women that I have had the pleasure of meeting you and Eden and, and, and just the people that are in my life, I have now observed more so of you're fucking fabulous, you know? And it is a feeling though, because you have to be sure of that feeling first. Or you could fake it till you make it. I mean, I always say fake I it till you make I it. Mean, we live Walk in, in the room as if. Walk in the room as if. But and that's not flow. what we want to portray. We want everybody to absolutely be authentic. Authentic. And so I think that's the discovery. I think here's the thing. It's hard to discover that at a young age. Mm. I think you're still worried about what people think about you. Mm. You're still worried about where you're going in your life and how it will affect you if you are your authentic self. I think when you get to, like you said, 40 and over, you don't really care. You've made it. You're successful. And whatever's going to happen is going to happen. But it isn't going to be the right thing if you're not who you are. And I think that's what we want to share, though, and inspire women is at this 20-year-old age that we are, (laughs) that there's no narrative. Own who you are. Be who you are. Be proud of who you are. If you don't own who you are and you don't become authentic in your life, you'll have a really crappy life. I know how long you've been with this station. I know what we talk about all the time over and over and over again. Do you feel you're at your peak or do you feel like there's something next? I think I'm uh, rolling downhill in this uh, situation here now. I've, I've peaked up. I'm at the best platform I could be at. I'm at the number one station. I la 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 love my job. I lo- well, I don't love my co-host. Did I say that out loud? Is that my you external did. voice? Oh. No. I won't uh-huh. <laughs> Serve the dish. We won't say a name. Serve we won't say a name. The dish. No, he's grown on me yeah. after 22 years. It's oh my god. You know what? It's like a bad marriage, but you stay together. But I think <laughs> that when this uh, venture is over, which could be this year, next year. I mean, it could be any minute. I will definitely go into another form of seeing who I am. I'm just not sure where it'll be. I started in, like I said, journalism. Then I went to television. Maybe I'll go back to television. Who knows what I'm going to do? But I tell you one thing, I'm not going to roll up in a ball on my couch and eat bonbons. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. That ain't happening. Might eat a gummy. I might eat a couple of those. <laughs> oh, I she feel loves like, her gummies. I do love my gummies. And she's not apologizing for that at all. Hell to the no. <laughs> she eat a gummy now? No, no. but I wish I could have one. <laughs> Can I bring something up that I want to share that's been really great about Lisa? Because she's always been philanthropic. And so have I, but she's actually but you've taken in, me to a whole new level. You stepped into another role with us, which is... Omni piece, which we'll talk about later, but Lisa and I now sit on a board together and boy, you want to talk about unapologetically fab. Yeah. It's, the thing she's done and I'll let her explain yeah. to, um, here's bring- the thing. I grew up here as did Eden and we both made it our life ambition to know everyone in this town, which at least the important people. <laughs> and I realized after Eden taught me, cause Eden really did teach me the ropes about, uh, being philanthropic, honestly, I probably did a little bit before 
you okay. came in. Sure. But she wrote me in and she taught me how to do it. And now I'm forever, forever involved uh-huh. in this. And I think that part of the idea that I grew up here means I could tap into a lot. And so that's what I really am loving is utilizing my many years on earth and my many friendships and relationships to get into this philanthropic world. And I think that's why I'm so unapologetically fab because I don't give a rat's ass because here's what Neil Diamond taught me. I once asked Neil Diamond, well, I didn't ask him, my co-host asked him because he thought that Neil Diamond would never say yes to this. And I said, you ask, because I think he will. I asked him to make, in the old days, we had these voicemail recordings, you know, on your answering <laughs> oh, he, machine. you run home to listen to it. <laughs> and we asked him to make me a personalized recording. Oh, Which cool. I actually still have. You do? I do on my phone right here. And my co-host went, what? You're going to do it? He said, yeah, you asked. And so I said, you see? And he said, no, you see. If you don't ask, you don't don't get. That's true. It's true. So I live my life like that now. You just ask. I ask him, what's the worst you could say? No. No. I know, but that fear, no, I I remember that was one of the things I had to get over with my dad because everything was always no. But I'm like, you know what? Makes me try harder to make it happen. I'll make it happen somewhere, right? And and, And that's where Lisa, I think you recently discovered I already knew you knew you were fat, but I know now you know you're fat on another level because of this philanthropic stuff. You're like, look what I did. And I'm so shocked sometimes that you didn't know that. Yeah, but I'm like not, I am not, this is why I think one of the many reasons why I think you're unapologetically fat. There are many, I could go down a plethora of a list of things. Well, we have some time. Go ahead. (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm I'm happy to tell you all No, no, no. But partially- learning how to be fabulous in this industry, if you will, which it's an industry. And a female, right? Uh, Yeah, it it, it was you. You did. You you really, you said you could do it, you could do it. And you kind of guided me. And now I'm like a horse that let out of the barn. Well, now- That just made me even feel more unapologetic. But now we have this common denominator, (laughs) right? Because in our first episode, we talked about like, as her as my inspiration. So I have a question for you. What do you know about yourself that others see? I'm really funny. She's really fucking funny. I really am. (laughs) And I mean, funny, ha ha. I mean, I really am. And quick. And I'm really quick witted. I couldn't do what I do for a living if I wasn't. But I credit that to my genes and not the ones I'm wearing. (laughs) I'm talking about the lineage I come through. I come from Hollywood royalty, where my grandparents and my father were comedy writers, created comedy. And I learned to be funny and I learned to laugh and have a good time. Oh, that I like. So I think I probably was unapologetically fab from the time I was like six years old. I had the I don't give a shit attitude since I was little. So then I'm going to bring you to the next question. This self-awareness, oh. <laughs> has it made you more empathetic and authentic? I'm very empathetic. That's for yeah. sure. Okay. Very empathetic. Sometimes I can't even go into a grocery store. If I see somebody who's much needier than me standing there, I cry. I think, how are they going to sleep at night? Where are they sleeping? I'm extremely, to a point where I was thinking I should call my therapist and say, how do I get over this? Because (laughs) honestly, it's hard. I'm sympathetic. I'm empathetic. I don't know, though, that I was all those things growing up. I think those were learned 
I mean, it's the discovery of who we become. I think it's more what, how I want people to be with me. And Opposite I've, of how your mom is. Correct. Like, this is something we talked about on another show is our moms are very similar. Yes. Lisa and I. So the, the. Only oh. yours is gone and mine's still here. <laughs> oh my God. Did <laughs> I say that out loud? If we could have only had a close up of that look on her face. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Somebody, that said everything for me. My dad passed away. God rest his soul oh, about a year yeah. ago. And he was my best, best friend. And uh, someone asked me, oh, are you an orphan now? I said, I have terrible news. She's still alive. <laughs> and if I could only tell you what she said to me the other night. But I was relieved when my mom was no longer yes, here. Yes, that will so be So we me. have the same. I know yeah. that's sad to well, say. Well, there's so many things I want to know, right? Ooh, we can't just cover right now. Well, like, my wow. mom is an undiagnosed. She won't be listening to this, so I don't care what I say. <laughs> She's undiagnosed bipolar, borderline personality disorder with maybe a little schizophrenia. Maybe. I'm not really sure. My Just nieces are studying. Well, my nieces are, one of my nieces is studying clinical psychology, and this is what she tells me. <laughs> That's a lot. And so some days my mother will come out with a British accent and be the most wonderful human that ever lived. <laughs> and the next day she'll come out with her Bronx, New York, and beat the shit out of you. So- I don't this know, is, what does that you know, say? I mean, I don't know what that says. Sometimes I come out with my British accent. Well, you, you also come I, out with the hood. Wait, She's I was like, I'm Mexico. gonna go the hood on you. I woke up in Mexico. I was on vacation recently and I came downstairs and I was like, hello, mom. Okay, that's different. <laughs> I oh, stayed there I all day. All yeah. day. She was like, you need to stop, but I'm not diagnosing myself with anything. Well, she hasn't been diagnosed. I'm diagnosed. My mom was should have been diagnosed, and she was mommy dearest. Oh, yeah, my You've mom. You've ever seen too. that movie? Because no I'm adopted, my, my, <laughs> she did use wire hangers on me. She did not. <laughs> yes, she did. But that was that era. Our era was raised, yeah. and I think yours too, maybe. Although I didn't live with my kicked. mom. My dad had custody. So oh, when they got divorced, which was very long time ago, which was unheard of to give the father. Yeah. But that, that'll tell you something. So was this, do you consider this? Because we talked about this mm. also, the generational trauma that we've learned about ourselves and changed it and oh, done things sure. completely But I, I went through extensive therapy. Okay. I went through we 15 years yeah. of therapy. I mean, I, I, I recently started therapy, so. I mean, That's what, a year ago. That's the best gift that any human can have. That is how you become unapologetically fab. Yeah. Oh. And I was you. telling her about Hoffman and how many people have gone to Hoffman. Whatever it is for each individual person, I just wanted 20 years wrapped up because I had already been in therapy since I was five. I just think being adopted, which we haven't talked about yet on this show, there's automatic abandonment issues. 100. Then, then there's the fact that the woman who adopted me <laughs> was horrible. So, you know, <laughs> I mean, just jealous. I Thank God laugh. for my dad. I know right. my dad and I are super I close. Yeah. I'm the only one out of three of us that's not his blood child, but I'm probably one of the closest. And Lonnie, so do you relate to Lonnie? I relate to like- Lonnie. Lonnie has, you know, I love Lonnie. And Lonnie comes from, okay, so my mom was an alcoholic and Lonnie's mom was crazy, which are both the same thing, right? Like she had mental disorders. So when you go to Al-Anon, it all kind of blows together. Al-Anon is, it, it can be mental sickness, illness, disease. It's all disease. Well, it's all disease. It's all yeah. disease. Yeah. You either tell this story to yourself and you make yourself a victim, or you tell this story to yourself and you make it blossom you into this beautiful, fabulous, amazing human being. You either succumb to crazy or you yeah. become crazy. Exactly. So you're blossoming. So which flaws make you uniquely fabulous? 
flaws. Oh, I got a lot of those. <laughs> we don't have we don't have enough time for those. Mm-mm. No. What's your favorite flaw? Because you have to own the flaw, right? I, oh, you have to. Own uh, them. You know, I own everything. <laughs> I, I love you. Uh, what would be my favorite flaw? Hmm. Uh, I mean, there's so many. <laughs> I really, pick one. I'm a flawed human, <laughs> completely. Maybe I'm too hard on myself, and that's my mm. biggest flaw. Ah. Maybe, maybe when. I do say something that's unapologetically fab. I sometimes will criticize myself and I get a little too hard on myself. So I think that's mm. a flaw because you, you have to not be so hard on yourself. Yeah, I, I can relate to that. If you're going to stay authentic. 300%. Yeah. But it's also human. Too. Yeah, but I, I do someone. beat myself up a lot. Well, I know why. Yeah. Mommy, dearest. Yes, thank you. Um, <laughs> and so let me ask, let's let's go back to you being on the board of Omni Peace. I know it was Eden that brought you to that, but what inspired you to definitely want to be a part of that? I know that you guys are all kind of aside friends. Two that. things. Aside from that, yeah. Music and children. Okay. Okay, I'm. my whole life is music. Um, I mean, you know, yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. I do. Yeah. And I adore children, even though I don't have them. Okay. So in any capacity that I can help someone who has less than me, I will go to the ends of the earth to do if I can. And then throw in children who have less, tons less than we do here from another country. I was on board immediately. And so how do you inspire others? Well, hopefully by what I do, hopefully my actions because talk is cheap. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. Uh, you know, Absolutely. I'm 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 doing everything that I say. I sit on the board of another charity, as Eden knows. They call me the Golden Girl because I'm 100% for 100% of what I say I'm going to do, and I think that is really important. I love having the most realist person on this show as our first guest. Right. Yeah. I think this is I amazing. She was perfect. What we want to do is inspire everybody inspire women to be their authentic self and to live how you're living. Can I ask well, you, you don't want to live how I'm living. Well, <laughs> no. she actually is a pretty, you are a pretty, <laughs> let me just see, ask, there you go. I you're being hard question? on yourself see? right yeah. there. And I'm going to, go. I'm going to like call me out. I'm calling you out. You can't be hard on yourself because you know, you're fab and you well. know the things that you do. So sometimes you regress back into maybe not. I'm going to ask a question that has to do with dating because You've dated. You're single. Oh, I was are we both right. she was dating married, right married. now? Uh, no, we're oh. not dating. Oh. <laughs> no, we're oh, not. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> are we dating? You're not dating no, each not. other, but no. maybe you should. <laughs> but I mean, I'm about to give up, but Lisa, I'm a hell. I'm a holler at you after this show. Said, I'm going to give up and be a lesbian. No, I mean, why not? That, well, that seems be a to be the easy way out these days. No, I, I, um, I'll tell you what, my career became my, my husband mm. when I got divorced. And then I had a couple really long-term relationships, which Eden is aware of after those ended really, I just said, whatever God puts in front of me is how it's going to be. And so far it's been work, 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 and I'm okay. See, that's what being unapologetically fab is really all about is being able to be with yourself and really have a good time. Yes. And I can. Yes. And I think, you know, there's <laughs> always, there's always crutches for everybody and people need, you know, antsy and won't be home. And I think that's something I'm doing now because I'm two years, almost two years single. 
I had my son in my house and now I'm in this house by myself. Empty nester. Empty, and, and it's a little, a little hard sometimes because I'm like, I don't know if I can sit here with myself, but that's the challenge that I'm, I'm doing. And I think that's what all of this is about is learning to be with yourself. Yeah, but I got to be with myself 24-7. It's not really all that it's cracked up to Oh my me. God, well, you But are. you're around people all the time. I mean, she's yeah. at a dinner or she's cooking dinner or she's somewhere. If you, it like is her, true. Her posts are very similar to mine. People are like, I don't know how you do it. I'm like, well, sometimes that's not really what's going on. It's two days later that I posted right, that. Right, It looks like I'm out every Well, that's night. the problem with social media that can really screw you up. Looking like you're just looking out, like, out, out, Well, out. what you see on social media is not necessarily what's really happening. That's uh, really of true. Course. Yes. Uh, if you're real about it. If well, you're authentic. And if you like filters like I do, you know. <laughs> I mean, you're damn good at those filters. You're really good at those filters. Well, you know, some days I don't like to wear makeup and then I have to filter the makeup in. <laughs> well, you always look really good. Well, thank you. And We're taking you her to an eye doctor immediately. <laughs> We've covered a lot. I think um, one of the major questions we asked each other is, what does living in gratitude mean to you? Well, the alternative sucks. (laughs) She she says she's funny. I mean. (laughs) It's the best I can tell you. (laughs) Oh, I know you got more for me than that. I mean, every day I say at least 20 times a day how grateful I am for my life. But I'm also, I believe in God. And Jesus is my savior. So I thank him daily. I am beyond grateful for every single thing, even the bad shit. Because that bad shit has led me to the good stuff. There's always a silver lining. Always. I think that's like a common denominator of gratitude. Well, if it is, if you're being authentic. Yeah, 100%. Because, you know, it just I'm just beyond grateful for my life. I say it at least 10 times a day. I'm not kidding you. I'll be driving in the car here going, look at this. I'm driving in a Fonsi car Fonsi. to a Fonsi house. Is it still the loner? Uh, no, I got my car back, <laughs> but that was Fonsi too. I just am very grateful. And here's the thing. I'm grateful because I manifested this life. Mm, I made 100%. it all happen. I had help from the man upstairs, from people along the way, but I did this. I, I put me where I am today. Boom, and that's what makes and you add that how to mic drop. drop. <laughs> and I mean, I guess we're that's mic drop. We're gonna wrap this up right there. Thank you so much for being yes, with thank us. Thank you today. for having I mean, me, you guys. You know, when there's anything else coming up and you want to come and bullshit with us and uh share some insight, we'd love to have you again. Thank you. I hope you make a difference in at least one person's life, then it'll be worth it. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you thank so much. Thanks, guys. I love you. Love you guys. Thank you, thank you. And you can listen to Lisa on K-Earths 101 radio at 5 a.m. to 10 a.m. Your morning drive. I'll wake your ass up. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Thank you for listening today. Please join us again on our next episode as we bring in founder of Omni Peace, who builds schools and provides free music education for at-risk youth in Africa, Mary Fanaro. And I would like to end with this quote, UF is getting us to where we are today, to owning who you are and being proud. We are here to mirror each other and support each other by acknowledging no matter how you got here, you got here. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to Unapologetically Fab, a production of Electrocast Media. I'm your host and producer, Stephanie Baklaan. And I'm Eden Alpert, co-host and producer. 
Our executive producers are Mark Netter and Peter Rafelson. And our sound engineer is Chris Sousa. If you like our show, which I hope you do, please rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. Hi, I'm Lessa Cadet, host of her Extraordinary Life by Design podcast, where we celebrate women who are shaping their lives one extraordinary day at a time. I speak with women from all over the world about what they do and how they are passionately pursuing their dreams and creating meaningful impacts on their communities. So come join us and learn about all there is to learn about these extraordinary women. Have you ever wondered what actually happens in Congress every day? Stay informed on Capitol Hill's daily happenings with a concise, factual summary of the Senate and House of Representatives activities from the previous session, free from bias, on the Congressional Record Daily Digest podcast. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and discover the process from the heart of U.S. politics. The Congressional Record Daily Digest, an Electricast production. Electricast.